Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive influence into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on God's yoke for you. And from Rick Warren, he states, Let Jesus lighten your load. I don't know what burdens you're carrying. I don't know what weighing you down, but I do know the answer. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Of course, out of Matthew 11:28 through 30 For many years, I never understood that verse because I didn't know what a yoke was. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, it sounded to me like he was going to give me something else to deal with. My burden is already heavy enough. Lord, I don't need to take your problems on me, too. A yoke is actually a board that has two arches in that you put over two cattle so they can pull a cart. The value of a yoke is that it halves the load. Without a yoke, one cow's got to pull the entire load by itself. But if you yoke up the cow to another cow, the two cows pull the load together, and the load is half as heavy. And the yoke was also specifically fitted for the cow or the oxen so they could do a better job. So when Jesus says to take his yoke upon you, he's not saying he's going to give you his problems. Jesus doesn't have any problems. He's saying he's going to share your problems. He's going to share your load. He's going to take your stress on himself and bear it with you. Wow. He uses three verbs in this verse. Come, learn, and take. Jesus says, come to me, team up with me, then learn how I do it. Take on a lighter load. This is going to reduce your stress. This is going to make it easier for you to navigate. When you've yoked with Christ and moved together with him, you move in the same direction and at the same speed. And you move in the right direction and at the right speed. So Jesus invites us to take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. What do we gain if we accept this incredible invitation to learn of him? We live in a restless world. Does a word of God still apply in our times? It is possible to truly have rest in one's soul as Jesus here offers us? Of course it is. God's word is unchangeable, and as surely as God lives, it stands. We can be thankful that an innermost rest is available, and that Jesus tells us the way to take it. Take my yoke upon you. So what is a yoke? We only need to think of the constraining Harnesses used to keep oxen moving according to farmers' will. When I'm bearing Jesus' yoke, I can't go my own way, but must submit to a higher will. How does that bring me real rest in my soul? Learn for me, I am gentle and lowly in heart. What a teacher. He who knows exactly what it is like to live in an ungodly world with a body and soul that is subject to moods and many temptations. With the tendency to judge matters according to what I think and feel at any given time and to react accordingly. He invites us to learn from him. He who is gentle and lowly, meek in heart. There, under the yoke of Jesus, I understand that when God is really in control of my life and I submit myself to his will, I find rest. Any protestations about the others and or the treatment I receive by them or life circumstances must cease. 
He is leading in my life now, and I am learning to be thankful for all things, as it is his perfect will for me. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you, out of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It doesn't happen all at once, but I am learning as Jesus' disciple to become gentle and lowly of heart, trusting God in all situations to bring about a good result in his time. Isn't this exactly what Jesus did as he submitted to all kinds of treatment, even death on the cross? He chose to suffer during his lifetime rather than sin. As it is written in Hebrews 11.25 and 1 Peter 4.1, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. We could say, everything is easy when I have the mind to suffer, and it really is, because with the mindset, God's grace and pleasure is with me in abundant measure. He will help me to do his will. Going my own way, has it ever brought me rest in my soul, my innermost being, in striving to push my own will through or giving into it in temptation, I find like an unruly ox, life is burdensome, it's hard. Letting God, the God of peace, have full control is the way to that which my soul longs for. Indeed, the peace which the whole world is seeking Blessed is everyone who heeds these words of Jesus. They will truly come to rest. What an opportunity to be yoked together with him in the service of the Father. The saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, is part of the larger passage of Matthew 11:28-30, in which Jesus tells us all who are weary and burdened to come to him for rest. He isn't speaking here of physical burdens. Rather, it was the heavy burden of the system of works that the Pharisees laid on the backs of the people that Jesus was offering to relieve. Later on in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus will rebuke the Pharisees for laying heavy burdens on the shoulders of his people out of Matthew 23.4. The yoke of the Pharisees is the burdensome yoke of self-righteousness and legalistic law-keeping. It has been said by biblical scholars that the Pharisees had added over 600 regulations regarding what qualified as working on the Sabbath. That is a heavy burden. Recall the story of the lawyer who asked Jesus what was the greatest commandment of the law out of Matthew 22. You can almost read between the lines of the man's question, what law and all the laws we have do I absolutely have to keep? Jesus was saying that any kind of law-keeping is a burdensome and amounts to a heavy yoke of oppression because no amount of law-keeping can bridge the gap between our sinfulness and God's holiness. God says through the mouth of the prophet Isaiah that all of our righteousness deeds are like a polluted garment. And Paul reiterated to the Romans that no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law at Romans 3.20. The good news is that Jesus promises to all who come to him that he will give them rest from a heavy burden of trying to earn our way into heaven and rest from their oppressive yoke of self-righteousness and legalism. Jesus encouraged those who are heavy laden to take his yoke upon them, and in so doing they will find rest in their souls. The yoke of Jesus is light and easy and carried because it is the yoke of repentance and faith followed by a singular commitment to follow him. As the Apostle John says, For this is the love of God, 
that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, out of 1 John 5, 3. This is what Jesus says in Matthew eleven thirty: His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Now, we might think that this is really no difference between the commandments of Jesus and the Jewish law. Isn't the same God responsible for both? Technically speaking, yes. If anything, one might argue that the commands of Jesus are even more burdensome because his reformulation of the Mosaic law in the Sermon on the Mount actually goes above and beyond a mere outward conformity to the law and deals instead with the inner person. So what makes Jesus' yoke easy and his burden light is that in Jesus' own active obedience, he carried the burden that we were meant to carry. His perfect obedience is applied to us through faith, just as his righteousness was exchanged for our sin at the cross. Our obedience to Jesus then becomes our spiritual worship. Furthermore, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit who works in our lives to mold us into the image of Christ, thereby making the yoke of Jesus easy and his burden light. The life lived by faith is a much lighter yoke and much easier burden to carry than the heavy and burdensome yoke of self-righteousness, under which some continually strive to make themselves acceptable to God through works. And so next, I'd like to read you a story, and it's called, Who Packed Your Parachute Today? Charles Plum, a U.S. Naval Academy graduate, was a jet pilot in Vietnam. After 75 combat missions, his plane was destroyed by a surface-to-air missile. Plum ejected and parachuted into enemy hands. He was captured and spent six years in a communist Vietnamese prison. He survived the ordeal and now lectures on lessons learned from that experience. One day, when Plum and his wife were sitting in a restaurant, a man at another table came up and said, You're Plum. You flew jet fighters in Vietnam for the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. You were shot down. How in the world did you know that? said Plum. I packed your parachute, the man replied. Plum gasped in surprise and gratitude. The man pumped his hand and said, I guess it worked. Plum assured him, it sure did. If your chute hadn't worked, I wouldn't be here today. Plum couldn't sleep that night, thinking of that man. Plum says, I kept wondering what he might have looked like in a Navy uniform, a white hat, a bib in the back, and bell-bottom trousers. I wonder how many times I might have seen him and not even said good morning, how are you, or anything because, you see, I was a fighter pilot and he was just a sailor. Plum thought of many hours the sailor had spent on a long wooden table in the bows of the ship, carefully weaving the shrouds and folding the silks of each chute, holding in his hands each time the fate of someone he didn't know. Now Plum asked his audience, who's packing your parachute? Everyone has someone who provides what they need to make it through the day. Plum also points out that he needed many kinds of parachutes when his plane was shot down over enemy territory. He needed the physical parachute, his mental parachute, his emotional parachute, and his spiritual parachute. He called on all of these supporters before reaching safety. Sometimes in the daily challenges that life gives us, we miss what is really important. We may fail to say hello, please, or thank you, congratulate someone on something wonderful that has happened to them, give a compliment, or just do something nice for no reason. As you go through this week, this month, this year, 
Recognize people who pack your parachute. So next I'm going to play a song by Tommy Walker and it's called Calling Me Away. And here it is.
Hey, what a great song by Tommy Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. He said, Out of John 6.31, Jesus said to them, Come away with me. Let us go alone to a quiet place and rest for a while. One of the most cherished, amazing, and powerful truths that distinguishes Christianity from other faiths is that God we worship invites us into an intimate and loving relationship with himself. In Christian circles, we use this language often, but I'm hoping this song can serve to remind many of us that the invitation from the God of the universe is real, continuous, and life-changing. Daily, our God invites us to leave behind our worries and busyness and, like his first followers, come away to a deeper knowledge, friendship, and experience of him. Jesus is inviting anyone and everyone to receive his free gift of salvation or perhaps for the very first time enter into this close personal relationship with him. So when Jesus says his yoke is easy, so what does that really mean? There is more to this analogy than just understanding beasts of burden and farming language. Yokes are more about the choices you make every day. So a yoke is a wooden collar that is placed on an animal so that the owner can control it, very similar to a bridle on a horse. A yoke is a means to allow the driver to direct the animal. Often the yoke is wide enough for two collars for two animals. A farmer would say that two animals that are in wooden collars together are yoked. Animals that were yoked together could do more work than independent of each other. Often new animals would be yoked together with bigger ones so that the big animal could carry the burden while training the younger one to carry the load. In other words, the younger animal often had a lighter and easier yoke during its training years. And this brings me to another famous scripture. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with the darkness? Out of 2 Corinthians 3.18. These scriptures have more than the word yoke in common. What we can see from the usage of a yoke is that it is a burden and that influences. To speak in leadership terms, a yoke is influence. In some cases, that influence is very powerful, like the influence a police officer has over a criminal. More than just influence, the word yoke has a connotation that the one yoked is the one serving another and carrying their burden. You can see all this all throughout scripture. In 60 scriptures in the Bible, the word yoke was used to connotate slavery, servitude, and influence in familiar relationships and religious ones. In other words, the meaning of my yoke is easy could be my service of burden is easy. So we live in a fallen world and are born into slavery to sin. When I was younger, I had heard those lines I used to cringe. I'm not a slave, I think. Like the Israelites exclaimed, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Out of John 8:33, There are the same descendants that were slaves in Egypt and Babylon, right? Jesus is saying his yoke 
is a choice. With every decision you make, you can choose your burden. You can take up your burden, the fallen burden, the one that will become too heavy to bear, or you can choose his. You can choose to be the lead animal and carry all the weight, or be the small animal and let let him carry it for you. His burden is light, and more specific than that, his burden requires only a few things from us, faith and love. What we have to be careful of is who we get yoked with. Which driver are we going to listen to? We don't get to choose whether we serve a master, but we get to choose the master. Let's all agree that we're influenced. Every day, you are bombarded with marketing messages, and if you were to take a personal inventory of what you're wearing, what device you're using to read this, and how you're styled your hair, you'd likely find that you were influenced in some small way to those choices. What both verses are telling you is that you can choose your influence. An interesting note about yokes is that they are not always equal. In fact, when a young oxen is being trained for work, like we said earlier, a farmer will often use an unequal yoke. He'll take one of his strong ox and yoke it together with the young one so that the strong ox does most of the work, but that the young ox learns how to do the work. You can see the application immediately. A strong influence with almost drag us along with it, and before we know it, will be doing what it wants. When it comes to unbelievers and this scripture, this is what's talking about. It's not that you can't have unbelieving friends or business partners. However, be sure to know who is the influence in that relationship. It's almost impossible to not be yoked in business with unbelievers. While this feels a bit like a side trip, I think it's worth talking about. You should not feel guilty when working with someone that believes differently than you. I also don't think you should feel any anticipation about you being the one to save them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. What's important to remember is who is the influencer. Ask yourself, who is my provider? Is it God or is it the job or is it the business partner? I think all of us feel like we'd be willing to be fired for our beliefs. In fact, I can't be the only one to secretly want this badge of honor. However, if your business partner or boss is doing something that directly violates God's word, are you speaking up or are you being influenced to be silent? So let's make sure we're clear. A yoke is meant to direct so that the animal can pull a burden. One ox alone can often pull somewhere close to their body weight. However, when yoked together with another ox, they can pull up to three times the total weight. Now get this. When they listen to the words of their master and they are trained, they can pull up to ten times their body weight in small bursts. When I researched yokes, I found out something pretty interesting, that animals that are yoked together are often like teams. In fact, many farmers like to buy animals in pairs and train them for this purpose. In this training process, the young oxen learn to follow their owner's commands. If both oxen are listening to their master, then they will continue to progress and live out their lives in a working oxen. However, if they can't follow the commands, they end up as dinner. Sometimes a pair just doesn't work well together. The unfortunate truth of the pair is that often one is listening to the master and the other isn't. While this isn't always true, often a farmer has to start over versus using the one ox on another team. 
Think about a marriage. A double-colored yoke under the guidance of God is meant as a blessing. Now two people can assist with each other's burdens and accomplish what one cannot. It's manipulative. However, if both spouses aren't listening to the Father, then they are pulling in different directions. Every day, we get to choose which yoke we want. We can choose Jesus' yoke or be the one with our burdens. The only way for us to really experience the light and free yoke is by letting Jesus carry our heavy yoke. The burden that we have as Christians is not easy, but it is simple. Love God, love others. When you catch yourself in worry, ask yourself, am I loving God right now? How about loving others? Every day we wake up and we choose to grab our burden or his burden. His burden is like grabbing helium balloons, whereas our burden feels like a figurative plow. When we worry, in particular, we're picking up the heavy yoke. I'm not saying it isn't easy to always choose his way. I'm saying you have a choice. You can fight to always choose the lighter burden or accept the heavy one. The key to choosing Jesus' yoke is really all about hearing God's voice. So next, I want to read you a poem, and it's called Take His Yoke. If you feel so worried and tired, come to God, and he will give you rest. When you go closer to him, it doesn't mean that you will do nothing. He will let you carry his yoke, and you will learn how to deal with your life according to his ways. He will teach you how to overcome your problems. He will guide you on what to do. He will gentle to you because he knows what you can handle. He will never condemn you if you commit mistakes. He will gently lead you to the right path. In him you will find rest. Yes, you have to follow him and abide in his will, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So come to Jesus, humbly carry his yoke, and he will give you the strength that you need. In him you will feel satisfied and complete. You will never be alone in the journey because his presence will be there to guide you, let him take you to a better place. Let him open your heart. He will teach you how to reach the desires that he planted inside. He is in your great shepherd. He will take good care of you. Stop looking for comfort in the wrong places. You will end up disappointed if you keep expecting other people to complete you. Only God can make you whole. He alone can give you peace that surpasses understanding. It's him who can give you love that never fails. So be with your Savior, and you will receive enough courage. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip by Billy Graham, and it's called High Cost of Low Living. And here it is. There's a very high price to low living. Too many think that you can live any way you like and get away with it, but you can't. There are people that are using drugs, and many of them are beginning to say it's not worth it. It's not worth paying the price. It's too high. First, there's the high price of sin. Then secondly, there's the high price of salvation. When you come to Jesus Christ, it cost God everything. It cost God his son. And Jesus became guilty of your sins and of your sins and your sins and my sins. And you must respond by repentance. What is repentance? It means that you're willing to turn over your life to Christ, turn over your life to God and say, Oh God, I need you. I receive you. 
That's why Christ came and died on the cross, so you can have forgiveness. That's how we're saved, is coming to the cross. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin, any sin. You can find forgiveness tonight, whatever it may be. And so that does bring in the end of our episode today. And my closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with Him and that you embrace that path. So, next week's episode is going to be on Live Above Your Circumstances. Hey, you can catch me at Podcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. So, I hope everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week. <music>